chapter 5, the book of Mark, chapter number 5, and we are going to start reading at verse number 25, Mark 5 and 25, and as you turn and get to your place in Scripture, if you'd stand with us for the reading of the Word tonight, amen. This particular text, I know that there is much familiarity with it. And, uh, but uh, truly, uh, this is where the Lord has challenged our hearts, and we're going to look here uh, at the Word of God tonight in regards to this particular passage. Mark 5, we'll start in verse 25. If you're there with me, would you say amen? And a certain woman which had an issue of blood... Twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press. The crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. For a point, another point of reference, and you don't have to turn here, but Matthew 9 and 20 says it like this. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched The hem of his garment. Luke said she touched the border of his clothes. But tonight if we can for just a few moments. I would simply like to preach on the thought. A handful of the hem. Amen. A handful of the hem. Tonight. Can we pray together? Ask the Lord to help us as we look at the Word of God. Father, I thank you tonight for your presence so real in this house. Thank you for every heart and life represented here. We do give you praise and glory. Father, I thank you for your Word and I pray let it go forth effectively, anointed with your power, resting in our ears and upon our hearts. Lord, I know that you will accomplish what you're sending that word to do. And I pray that you would 
didn't challenge and encourage and help us tonight. Father, I pray you'd anoint my mind and lips. As always, we depend upon you. You are what makes us effective. Your anointing. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbors, say, what do you have a handful of? Go ahead. Ask them tonight. What do you have a handful of? Praise the Lord. Oh, tonight, a handful of the hymn. As we look tonight here in the Word of God, as I said, that we have much familiarity about this particular story. Tonight, I am not going to pretend by any stretch that I am going to necessarily present to you something that you have not heard said, that you have not heard preached. This is a text as to where it's been preached a million different ways. And and so, uh, Brother Bobby, I, I don't claim that you're going to leave here with brand new revelation. However, I do believe that there lays before us a challenge and always in the Word of God something that we can learn and glean from and that God can speak to us about here tonight. The Bible here, it's interesting to me because as you look at the writers of the Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you find the distinctives and the individuality within their writing, meaning their style. Uh, And uh, it's interesting to me that out of all, Mark uh, is normally very short precise to the point. There's not a lot of detail with Mark. To where you read Luke, and Luke was a physician. He was a thinker, and so he's very wordy. And there's a lot of descriptives when Luke is writing. But out of these, uh, out of the times where this story is recorded in the gospel, ironically, it is Mark who shares the most detail. And in this, we come to find that there are some things that he begins to share in regards about this woman. I find it interesting because here, uh, further down in this passage, when this woman comes to Christ as he, as he discovers and sees her and uh, she comes down trembling and, and falling down at his feet, we find that she, the Bible says that she told him all the truth. And I imagine, Sister Ashley, that while they are gathered around and I can see as they are listening to her story, she pours out of her heart. She tells all of the truth about what has been going on, what has been transpiring. We do not know her name. However, we have a little bit of insight into her condition. The Lord began to challenge me and and think of of not just reading it uh, as we often do across the surface. And We know she's been struggling 12 years. We know there's an issue of blood. We know all of these various things. But as always, I believe the Word of God wants to pull us in a little bit deeper and challenge us in our thoughts and grab a hold around some of these things. I want you to understand tonight that 
there is a, a process that we see that unfolds in this particular passage. Brother Segura, before she gets a handful of the hem of his garment, the Lord began to deal with me that she had some handfuls of some other things. There were some other things and that before you get in proximity to Christ and before you get to the point, amen, of grabbing a hold of him and receiving of the miracle, receiving of what it is that you need from him, there are some things that have to happen from us. There are some things that have to transpire. And I believe that she shows us this. Oh, as we look at this, I want you to understand that 12 years, somebody say 12 years. 12 years for her it might as well brother Roderick been an eternity how many of you know that when there are things that are going on and that when you are suffering that the extended time frame I mean it just seems like an eternity 12 years can feel like 24 it can feel longer it can because the days that compound into months and months into years I want you to understand this woman it might as well been an eternity but the Bible tells us there's time frame here there's this season of suffering I want you to know that this woman, she is no rookie when it comes to suffering. Brother Aaron, she had earned her seniority. She had, if you will, earned her stripes. She was no stranger to pain. She was no stranger to this. I want you to understand is that this issue of blood, and if I may, I'm going to be very delicate, and I'm going to be very careful as I explain just a couple of things about this I know that we're in a mixed crowd and you are tonight mature enough to understand that as you search this out exactly what this issue of blood was but I want you to understand that for 12 years this woman has been plagued in her body she is hemorrhaging and she is in such a way that you must understand that according to Jewish law and custom and you can look in the book of Leviticus that she was considered as a result that she was unclean that she had to be in order for things to be restored there was much ceremony there were particular things that had to happen for her to be considered pure again there was a, a separation there was a there was also such strict regulatory rules in regards to this that not only was she considered ceremonially unclean but also you have to understand it goes even further because after a certain period of time if there was still an issue of blood then it was treated as if it was a plague. A plague so desperate that they would categorize it in the same fact of that of leprosy you have to understand that this was something that not only did it bring
bring about stigma. It brought about shame. It brought about separation. Every aspect of this woman's life was affected by this hemorrhage. I want you to understand that something the Lord began to deal with me about was the fact, he said, uh, just in the physical, if I can say this, and again, I'm speaking very delicately, but she was hemorrhaging and she was losing life from the most intimate parts of her body. I want you to understand tonight that there is suffering that we are all acquainted with. But please hear what I am about to say. There are some places that are so personally guarded in our lives. There are some places that Sister Anna that are so intimate to our hearts. There are some wounds. There are some places. Amen. As to where it is just it's a different kind of hurt. It's a different kind of pain. Have you ever been in a place as to where and that's often why it's also been derived that sometimes Brother Thacker the ones that hurt us the most are the ones that love us. Amen. The ones that hurt us the most are often the ones that we love the most. The people that we have led into the places of our lives, the intimate areas of our soul, the places of our heart, the places in our mind. I want you to understand that this woman, here she was, here she was as she was suffering. I want you to understand this woman as she was hemorrhaging and bleeding that she was losing she was losing in every capacity because of this suffering she was losing in relationships she had to be ostracized she had to be separated I don't know her story I don't know if before this brother Roderick was she married did she have a family we don't know but all I do know is something happened 12 years ago that caused this woman to begin to hemorrhage to begin to bleed and we find as she is losing in the capacity her relationships have suffered Somewhere, somebody along the line so that they can keep up with custom so that they can remain pure they said we can't have anything left to do with you you are out here on your own we can't be uh, we can't be in contact we can't be associated come on somebody because if I'm next to you not only are you unclean but Levitical law says anybody you touched or who would touch you they are unclean too oh you're not hearing what I'm saying tonight can I tell you there are some of us we came from some places of pain 
some places of hurt that Sister Laura, it wasn't just us, but there were some that when we touched others, oh, they didn't want any part of our suffering. They didn't want any part of our shame. They didn't want any part of who we were. We were too much for them. We were too much trouble. We were too much hurt. We were too much hassle. Come on here. Oh, Brother Eddie, I'm sure there were many times your choices. It affected the family. Tears were falling. Money was spent. Heartache was there. I can assure you that everybody in this house, we are not islands. We do not live to ourselves. And there are those times in our lives when we are suffering that there are some that would say, I have no business or time or energy or resource to help you out. But I'm so glad there is a Savior who says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Are you wounded? Are you hurt? Are you suffering? Here she was, separated, ostracized, shamed. Her relationships were suffering. Her finances were suffering. She was bankrupt. The very essence of life itself, I imagine, because the Bible says that she rather did not get better, but she grew worse. Have you ever had suffering that went from bad to worse? Have you ever had a day where you said, it's a bad day, and you got one more phone call and said, it ain't bad, it's a worse. Come on here. I've had some Tuesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays that were the Mondayest Fridays, Tuesdays, and come on here. Come on, somebody. I want you to understand her life. Listen to this. She, the Bible says, as she had told her story, she suffered many things of physicians. Hear what I'm saying. Experimental treatments. One side effect after another. They try, Brother Roderick, to solve one problem, but it creates another. Then they say, well, I can't do this. I'm going to refer you to another physician. Because the Bible said that she had been to many physicians. She went to many so-called experts. Another reference, another side effect, more tests, more pricks, more prods, more embarrassing questions. Oh, I, I don't know if you're grabbing a hold of what I'm saying. If you're hearing tonight and you understand the symbolism, have you been there? Have you suffered? Have you been shamed? Have you been embarrassed? Have you ever went to somebody and you was looking for help somewhere and come to only find Brother Chris where they say, I can't help you, but I'll push you on down the road to somebody else. I was talking with somebody the other day and they had a physical situation and they said my doctor told me I can't do any more for you. I'm going to send you to this one. And so here it was another trip. Here it was telling the story all over again. Here it was hoping that insurance would cover it all. It's frustrating when you're going from place to place and person to person and 
we find in the church today there are folks that are losing there are folks that are hemorrhaging there are folks that are hurting and as a result they are looking for someone who can fix you wonder why they attend a different church every six months you wonder why they got another pastor every six months you wonder why they've been in and out and up and down of relationships you wonder why they're changing this job and that job you wonder why they're doing this trip and this thing it's because there's always somebody looking for somebody to fix them but I want to remind you it will only be found in the resurrection and the life he is the only one who can help in our hurting she spent it all she tried it all and here she was many would believe and I've heard it preached at the end of it all you see she had a handful of hurt she had a handful of suffering she had sister June a handful of years of not understanding she had a handful of abuse abuse by so-called experts she had a handful of shame she had a handful oh of being despised she had a handful of having to be in a place amen as to where there was nobody who could help her can I say tonight that there are many of us that before you grab a handful of the hymn you have a handful of hurt you have a handful of suffering you have a handful of your places to where the most tender the most intimate places of your life have been wounded there are some oh I know you can put on a good smile I know that you can act spiritual and religious but tonight if some were to examine if somebody were to look into the corridors of your soul you would say I'm holding on and I'm holding on to a handful of hurt this is what I've got to show for this is what she had the last 12 years hurt and suffering embarrassment and shame bankruptcy all of this being passed along from one to another can I say tonight before you can get a handful of the hymn you have to you must be willing to let go of the handful of hurt hear me tonight we can come into the church and we can sing touching Jesus is all that really matters oh we know it and your life will never be the same there is only one way to touch him just believe when you call on his name 
And the pastor will say things like, Oh, Jesus is passing by. He's walking the aisles. Won't you grab a hold of him? Why don't you get a hold of him? And Brother Andrew, there's times we want to real bad. There's times we know we should. There's times we know that's the answer. Up here we understand it. Up here we've heard it preached. Up here we've got it all, Sister Karen. But the problem is we can't reach out and get a hold of him because we're holding on to handfuls of hurt. You can't get a hold of Christ until you're ready. The Bible said once she heard that Jesus was coming somewhere, she had to have the audacity, the strength, the belief, the faith to say I'm willing to abandon my hurt. I know I've been disappointed before, but this time I'm believing for something completely different. I'm trusting the one who can give me life. But you must be willing to let go of handfuls of hurt. There are some that hurt so bad you're ashamed. The hurt is so bad you're angry. The hurt is so bad that you can't be what God is wanting you to be because you are only identifying by that hurt. You are only being identified by the descriptives of what that hurt has caused. You have to be bold enough. You have to be, if I might say, brave enough to let go of that, to let go of handfuls of hurt in order to get a handful of the hem of his garment. And it's not just handfuls of hurt. There are some that not only have handfuls of hurt, but they also have handfuls of how come. How come? Why me? Why my situation? Why my children? Why my body? Why my mind? Can you hear her? Can you hear her? Why my relationships? Can you hear her? Search your heart. How come I'm going through this? How come I'm in the middle of this? How come this is going on? And how come this thing? How come another trip? How come another, how come another bad experience? How come all of these situations that are going on? How come? Why am I the one who has spent everything? Why isn't there anyone who can help me? How come? You see, there are some that maybe, maybe it's not just the handful of hurt, but for others, it's holding on to the how comes. Why? Why it doesn't seem fair? Why does it hurt so bad? Why did I have to go through this? Why must it be this way? Can I tell somebody tonight that in all of the things that God has called us to do, that there are some things, let me just put it plain and simple, you and I are not going to understand 
You and I are not going to understand. Sister Diana, I don't know why. I can't answer all the questions. I don't know why. I don't understand why some fall into this and that. I don't understand, Brother Thacker, why some, that they, they will seem to do well and others will seem to struggle and stumble over things that we think are obvious. I don't know why. I don't understand. Uh, even for us, sometimes we look in condemnation and say, why did I waste time? Why did I do this? Why didn't I come to him sooner? Why didn't I serve him earlier? Why? Because now I'm suffering with pain. Now I'm suffering with heartache and regret. Oh, but can I tell you tonight, there is healing that is available. There is mercy that is extended. There is one who is willing, amen, to meet you at the very point of your need. Can I tell somebody tonight, you can leave your hurt right on up here. There are some of you, have you ever held on to something so long that your hand, your body was physically tired? The Bible tells us that when Samson held on to the jawbone of that donkey, that his hand, it was like Brother Roderick, it became welded to it. He had to, he had to pry it off. There's an old saying, sometimes when you're real determined about something, somebody say, I'm going to take this, I'm going to do this. And they'd say, you'd have to pry my dead cold hands off of it. You ever heard that before? Right? And sometimes, can I say, here we are in the presence of the Lord. Here we are in God's wanting to move. Here we are in God's wanting to help. And we're trying, Sister Sandy. We're trying to worship with our stuff in our hands. We're trying to serve. Pastor, I want to do something to help. I want to do something to serve. It's not the fact I don't think that you're capable. It's not the fact that I don't think that God can't do something in you. But there's times that you can see that somebody can't serve. Brother Jerry, because her hands are full. They're full of hurt and they're full of how comes and they're full of this and they're full of that. I want to let you know it's just as this woman did in her suffering and her hurt and in all of her how comes. There came a point where she said, If I'm going to get a handful of hope, if I'm going to get a handful of healing, if I'm going to get a handful of restoration, if I'm going to get a handful full of life again I've got to be willing to let go of the things that I've been holding on to friend it'll kill you it'll destroy you it'll pull you down you must be willing to free those hands of what is hindering you and say I've got to get a hold of a handful of the hem of his garment I believe that he can resurrect me once again. You have to understand, as she came in through that crowd, both, actually all writers talk about the fact coming in behind him. Many commentators believe of the fact that she knows where she stood in the eyes of public, ceremonially what was wrong and what she was deemed as and the shame and reproach that was there. And so almost covertly, here she comes. I've heard it preached oftentimes about her frailty. 
I hear, I hear it preached many times about her weakness, and I believe those things to be true. But there are times as to where we are so ashamed of, or we're, or we're so... Uh, there, there are things that we just, we, we're, we're thinking, I, I, I just, there's no way I could let anybody else see what's going on. And if I'm going to get a hold of him, I've, I've got to, I've got to do it in a particular way. I, I, I can't just come to him uh, head on. I, I just can't come to him. I surely, surely it would embarrass the Lord if I were to ask this thing, or surely it would embarrass him if I'd pray this way, or if he knew my story. But brother Chris, the thing is, is he already knows. He already knows all it is about us. I like to say this. I know the Lord asked the question. But Sister Kelly, I've read the Bible enough to know that the Lord never asked questions he didn't already know the answer to. The Bible said that as they were gathered, they said that that thronged him. That word there means to stifle or to choke. They were pressed and around him. And we've heard this preached. I'm aware of that. But in this capacity, as there were those who were touching him, H-I-M, they were grabbing a hold of him, calling on him, pulling on him. Here she comes. And she says, I'm going to let go of hurt. I'm going to let go of how come. I'm going to let go of these things and if I can just if I can just grab a hold you see there are some that the enemy's done lied to you so long you've done think God would done kill you dead if you ever I've talked with folks said if I come into the church house the roof will cave in if I do this and there's no way God will forgive me I talked with a man one night and he wept over the phone Sister Shannon as he said there's no way that God can forgive me. There's no way that God could love me. There's no way God can give me another chance. This woman in her mind she said if I can't physically put my hands on him if I can just get an extension if I can just get a piece if I can just grab a hold of a handful of the him. I want to let somebody to know that any piece of the Savior It is enough. It is powerful. It is effective. It will do the work. Oh, you see, there's many who believe, well, if I didn't grow up in the church and I don't know all the songs and I don't know all the right things to do and I don't know all of this, there's not much help for me. You know what? I love those. I love that person. I love that testimony so much. And you know what else? Those of us who have been a part of the church 255 years, we, I don't know if you caught that or not. We need folks like that. We need folks like that. It do us some good. It do us some good. We've become so righteous. We've got it all figured out. We need somebody. We need some more folks that just come in and they don't know all the rules. They don't know all of the right things to do. They don't know when you say turn to Matthew, you can look across the way, they're just staring at the Bible. They don't know Genesis from Matthew. Now don't laugh too hard, some of you still don't know Genesis from Matthew. Come on here. They see amazing grace and to them it's the first time they ever heard it. Come on. 
Come on, the Spirit of God starts moving. And folks start worshiping. And folks are pressing in and praying. Some are exuberant in their worship. And, 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 and I love, I love to see somebody look around and go, what in the world is going on? You know what? We need that. We need that. It brings life. And it also it challenges us who can become religious stick in the muds and do-gooders. And nobody, I've done it all. I've seen it all. I've experienced it all. Let me tell you something. What you've done is you forgot that somewhere along the way you were suffering. Somewhere along the way you were dying. Somewhere on Jericho's road they left you for dead. But I don't want to forget what it's like to get a handful of the hymn. I don't want to forget what it's like for the oil and the wine to be poured into my wounds. I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget because we can religiously hold on to this mess. And you're religious, but you have no relationship. You've not let him in to the places that are hemorrhaging and bleeding in your life. We've taken and put one band-aid on another trying to stop the hemorrhage. We've made more money than we've ever made. We're living better than we've ever lived. We're doing more vacations than we've ever taken. We've got more stuff than we've ever had. And Brother Jay, it doesn't stop the bleeding. It doesn't. When we get a handful of the hymn, we get a handful of hope. This is why I say that we need more people like that. It's because I want you to, I want you to listen what happened. Now, we find... Just speaking in chronological terms. That in Matthew 9, I read to you where she touched the hem of his garment. If you look down, Brother Pickens, if you turn over a few chapters, Matthew chapter 14, verses 35 and 36, it says, And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. Guess what? And besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. I don't know. Hear me. I don't know. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have mass text messaging. None of those things. But the truth is, word always travels fast. And I don't know, Sister Kelly, how it all started but there was a crowd around that day when that woman got a hold of the hem of that garment. And Brother Chris, what it did is when everybody was there and she told all the truth. 
When she, Brother Michael, told all of her testimony, she shared the good, the bad, and the ugly. And she said, here's the truth. Here's what it was. This is what happened. Somebody left there and went and told somebody else and said, let me tell you about something I saw the other day, Brother Ringo. There was a woman. I was there. I saw it with my eyes. I heard her story with my ears. And this is what happened when all she did was got a hold of the hymn, just a handful of the hymn. And then that person went, Brother Keith. It sounds like a church, doesn't it? And that person went and said, hey, I've got to tell you. And they didn't stop at one more. They told about ten more. And then those ten told another ten. And those ten told another ten. And by the time we get to chapter number 14, a handful of hope, a handful of the hymn, somebody's testimony has impacted a multitude of people. I want to tell you, that's why Sister Anna shout Jesus from the mountains and shout Jesus in the streets that's why you tell somebody Sister Karen I got a handful of the hymn and if he could heal me if he could save me if he could save my family you don't know who else is looking to grab a hold of the hymn that they might have some hope You know what I'm coming to find, Sister Ashley? There's a lot of people that all they want, Sanja, is hope. All they want is a little bit of hope. Hope. If I can just get a handful of the hymn. Lord, you don't got to preach to me. I don't have to sit down and have an hour-long counseling session. I just need to get a hold. But in order for us to get a handful of that hymn, Sister Belinda, we've got to let go of the handfuls of stuff that we're holding on to. She could have been victim to her story, Brother Gary. Her epitaph could have read the woman with the issue of blood. But the Bible said in that moment when she touched him, that touch was so powerful That not only her, but Christ himself, he said, virtue has left my body. The term there, virtue, being defined as the same as as that of the power of God. It was deutimus, power. He said, power has left me. It's not everybody else's touch. It's not every... Brother Stanley, what that lets me know is that Sister Kara, when you reach to grab a hold of him, what you need is different than what Laura needs. And what Laura needs is different than Jerry and Jerry than Gloria and Gloria than Roderick. But here's the thing, the virtue of it, and this is what I love about it too, ceremonially, ceremonially, they would have said that Jesus was unclean. But he He was full of power. He was full of virtue. He was full of the Holy Ghost without measure. You're not going to intimidate him. You're not going to push him away. You're not going to run him off. He said, I know that virtue left my body. And said in that very moment, not only did Jesus feel it, she knew it. 
It said her fountain of blood dried up. Come on here. You know what that lets me know? Is that once you get a hold of the hymn, you're going to find that your life will never be the same. I don't understand these preachers that want to preach to you for a year and they want to tell you, just go on, go on and keep on doing what you're doing. Go ahead, keep on being what you're being. Go ahead, do what Jesus loves you no matter what it is. I believe there's some folks not only looking for hope, but Brother Roderick, they don't want to know what it is to keep honky-tonking. They don't want to know what it is to keep carousing. They don't want to know what it is to keep being addicted. What kind of God would it be, Sister Gloria, if you said, well, come on in here. Yeah, we're going to love on you. Oh, you don't want to quit the pills. You don't want to quit the drug. It's okay, Eddie. Just go ahead. It's okay, Wesley. Just keep on moving. And just keep on. It's okay. Whatever it is, you fill in the blanks. I'm here to tell you. I'm glad that when he touched me, the fountain dried up. Life came back. I was not the same. It is not a boast. It is not a brag. There are some churches they wear it as a badge of honor. Come as you are, stay as you are, be as you are. Come as you are to victory. For a little while you might be as you are. But by and by you're not going to stay as you are. Because we're going to preach a Christ. We're going to let you know there's power in Him. And there's power in getting a hold of the Him. And we're going to let you know you ain't got to keep living with the hurt. And you ain't got to keep holding on to the how comes. And you ain't got to keep on dealing with the same stuff. I want somebody in this house to know tonight there's victory. There's deliverance. There's healing. There is restoration. Get a hold of him oh get a hold of him from that moment not only was her life changed but now sister Carmen masses and multitudes they said we ain't got to have all your time we just want to get a hold of the him and if we can do that the Bible said and they were all made whole of their disease Sister Carolyn, Brother Danny, can we lift our hands together all over this house right now? Come on, come on church. Would somebody right now just begin to worship? Would somebody right now just be, somebody right now, you need to thank him. Somebody right now, you forgot what it was like. Brother Michael, don't forget what it was like when you was out there running, when you was out there hurting. Don't forget what it was like before you got a hold of the hymn. Amber, don't forget. Don't forget what it was like. Sister Anna, don't forget. Brother Roderick, don't forget. Oh, Sister Wanda, don't forget what it was like. Oh, I was holding on to hurt. I was holding on to how comes. I was holding on to all kinds of stuff. But I thank you, Lord, that when I let go, I thank you, Lord, that when I let go and grabbed a hold of you, when I found you, oh, there was healing. Life was restored. My issue, my hemorrhage, it stopped. I found deliverance. I found deliverance. Oh, 
Oh God. Oh God. That's it, church. Go ahead. Can we just worship him? Come on. Come on. Just worship. We're getting ready to get in this altar. But right now, I believe the Holy Ghost wanting to soften some hearts. I believe he's wanting to remind you. I believe he's wanting to challenge you. I believe there's some of us tonight, no matter matter how long you've been saved, no matter how long you've been at this church, there are some things that you're missing out and grabbing a hold of Him because you're holding on to hurts. You're holding on to bitterness. You're holding on. You're holding on to some things. The how comes, the stressors. You're holding on to some stuff and you're trying to serve. You're trying to do. You're trying to worship, but you're hindered. You're hindered. I want somebody to be reminded tonight that if you grab a hold of a handful of Him, if you've got a hold of hope, that transfers to somebody else gaining some hope. That lets somebody else know. That lets somebody else know that if God did it for you, that He could do it for them. I believe with all of my heart there's healing for somebody in this house. I believe with all of my heart there's some things. You've had a death grip on some stuff. And tonight the Lord is going to loose it. Oh, tonight if you want to grab a hold of Him, you're going to have no choice but to let go of that. Lord, I thank you that you still have power to stop the hemorrhage, to stop the suffering. Oh, but Jesus, we've got to be willing. We've got to be willing, oh, to let go of handfuls that we have to get a handful of the hymn. Tonight, church, I don't know. I don't know the specifics of what it is you're holding on to. I don't know tonight what things... You've been suffering. I don't know tonight. I don't have answers to the how comes. And I don't know the what fors. And I surely I can pray for the hurts. But I can't take them from you. Somebody here tonight. Maybe you're tired of. Jumping from one thing to the next. And you're looking for answers. But you've done spent all you've had. Emotionally. Spiritually. Maybe even financially. You've looked for help in this place. and that place. This relationship and that relationship. Hallelujah. He's dealing with somebody right now. He's dealing with somebody right now. You just obey him, sister. You obey him. Hallelujah. You obey him. These altars are open, church. Can we come? Can we come right now? Don't you hesitate. Can we come right now and find ourselves a place? Can we come right now? Tonight the Lord, the Lord is letting somebody know. Hallelujah. The Lord is letting somebody know. Come on church, why don't we come and find ourselves a place? Find ourselves a place in this altar. Hallelujah.
Touch him with her hands Cause when your hands 